He is the most high God. He is your creator. He is your ruler. He is your provider. He's your counselor. He's your friend. He's your lover. He's everything that you need him to be. Somebody ought to give God praise for filling every empty void that you may have ever had in your life. That he becomes everything. He's your mother. He's your father. He's your brother. He's your sister. He's everything that that you need him to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hold on, Elder Robinson. Come on, somebody. You got to shake yourself from loose from everything that you've gone gone through this week. Don't allow that to interfere with the word that God has for your life on this morning. Whatever discouragement you had on Monday, you leave it there. Whatever disappointment you had on Tuesday, you leave it in the past. Whatever cares you had on Wednesday, you leave it there for Wednesday. But you loose yourself on this morning and you pull your body into subjection unto the spirit of God so that you can be able to receive everything that God has for your life on today. I dare somebody right now just begin to loose themselves. Loose your mind. Loose your mind from the cares of this world. I know you got bills. I know you have worries. I know that you have cares, but let nothing interfere with you getting getting with God. Let nothing hinder you from getting what you need from God on today. Come on, loose yourself, loose yourself, loose yourself, loose yourself. Shake yourself loose from all of the cares of this world, from all the worries that you have in your mind. Loose yourself from discouragement. Loose yourself from disappointments. Come on, God is greater than your problem. God is greater than your issues. God is greater than what you're going through. Listen, Paul said, I've learned that in all things I must give God thanks. He said, I've learned that in all things I must be joyful, not because of what I'm in, but because I know that God is working things out for my good. If you know that God is working things out for your good, you can praise God in the midst of hell. You can praise God in the midst of fire. You can praise God in the midst of, in the midst of a tornado because you know that God is working things out. He's working everything out of my good. Come on, you got a reason to give God things. You got a reason to give God praise. That the Lord say the same. You're going to be walking into 2011 in just a couple of in a couple of weeks. Somebody ought to give God praise for that because some have not seen this year. Some have not seen this day, but you have seen it. You've experienced this day. You've experienced 2010. Despite what you may have gone through, despite what you may have come your way, you've made it this far. You've made it till today. It has only been by the grace of God that you made it hallelujah 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 we have to stop allowing the flesh taking control and holding us captive in our lives and allowing allowing that to hinder our praise unto God. God is worthy of every praise. God is worthy of every hand clapping. He's worthy of every lifting up my hands. He's worthy of every stomping in my foot. He's worthy of everything that I can give unto him because truth be told, God's been better to me. He's been better to us than we've been to ourselves. Even the stuff that we have right now, we really shouldn't have it because we've been trifling since the beginning of the year. But God's grace and his mercy showed up on our behalf come on tell your neighbor I got a reason to give him thanks you've got a reason to give him thanks you have a reason to give him thanks come on and put those hands together once again come on and put those hands together once again come on and put those hands together once again and give the king of kings and the lord of lords what's due unto him Don't do it because I'm telling you to, but do it because how great he is in your life. How mighty he is in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, the devil may have taken a whole bunch of stuff, but one thing that he should not have taken, nor can he ever take, and that's your joy and your peace. Never allow the devil to rob you of what God has given you hallelujah there is a word from the lord if you have your bibles go with me to first samuel chapter 16 first samuel chapter 16 verse 12 
1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 12. See, if I was a singing preacher, that would have been a perfect time to start off in a song. Amen. But we're not going to do that again this month. Amen. We're going to say that for 2011 for a fresh anointing on the voice. Hallelujah. <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 16. That's my prayer for 2011. Lord, give me a song to sing. Just be that one song that I sing every Sunday. It don't make a difference. Just give me one song. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 12. When you have it, say amen. If you don't, just say wait. Amen. All those that are able to stand, please let us stand for the reading and reverence of God's word. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 12 from the Amplified Bible reads is this. Jesus sent and brought him. David had a healthy, uh, healthy reddish complexion and beautiful eyes and was fine looking. The Lord said to Samuel, arise, anoint him. This is he. Let me read that again. Jesse sent and brought him. David had a healthy reddish complexion and beautiful eyes and was fine looking. The Lord said to Samuel, arise, anoint him for this is he. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's a king inside of you. Come on, you may be sitting next to a woman and say, neighbor, there's a queen inside of you. Come on, find somebody else, whatever gender they are, and tell them there's a king, there's a queen on the inside of you. Father God, we come before you right now, God, we give you praise. We give you glory and we give you honor, Father God. We ask and pray that you open up our hearts, open up our ears, oh God, open up our spirits that we may be able to receive everything that you have for us on today, Father God. We bind that we bind every demonic attack of the enemy right now that would try to move and that would try to take authority and dominion, but we put the devil underneath our feet on today. Um, he, cannot, he, cannot, he cannot hold us captive. He cannot um, do anything to us, oh God. And we ask you, Lord God, that you would just have your way in this place, oh God. Give us um, preaching and teaching power, oh God, to bring forth your word. And we ask in all these things in your name we pray. And we say amen. Amen. There's a king inside of you. The primary theme of 1 Samuel is transition. At this point, the children of Israel desire a king. Samuel has has grown old and his sons, who rightfully so should be the next in line to father in their father's footsteps, forfeit the opportunity uh, because the Bible says that they turned aside after gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Israel demands a leader so that they could look like other nation, nations, and God allows them to have just what they desire. Samuel warns them um, that what they desire will prostitute their service, um, that he will abuse them, that he will steal from them, and that he will place them in danger. Israel, are you sure that this is what you want? Because the, the Lord also tells them that you will cry out because of your king. You have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not hear you then. They say we want a king to govern us. Saul, Saul does just what God said that he would do. He is now rejected as king, and the quest for new leadership has begun. In the movie Kung Fu Panda, Poe, a young clumsy and overweight panda, is a kung fu fanatic who idolizes the Furious Five, which consists of tiger, monkey, mantis, viper, and crane. A quintet of kung fu masters trained by the red panda uh, master Shifu to protect the valley. Because he works in his goose, Father, uh, Father Pink Noodle Restaurant, Poe is unable to, dream, to achieve his dream of becoming a kung fu master himself. One day, Shifu's master, the elderly tortoise, Master Ugwe, has a vision that Shifu's former student and foster son, the snow shepherd Tai Lung, will escape from prison and return to the Valley of Peace to take revenge for being denied the dragon scroll, which is said to hold the secret to limitless power. Shifu holds, uh, holds a kung fu competition for the Furious Five so that Ugwe, Ugwe uh, I, might, I might be pronouncing it wrong, but just help me out, Ugwe may, be, may identify the legendary dragon warrior. 
the one kung, the one kung fu master worthy of receiving the dragon scroll and defeating Tai Lung. Poe arrives too late. He arrives too late before the doors to the, to the uh, tournament close and desperate to see the dragon warrior as Uguwe is about to make the decision, straps himself to a set of fireworks and rockets into the sky, crashing into the middle of the arena to the surprise of everyone present. Uguwe chooses Poe seemingly by accident. Unwilling to believe that a big, fat, panda can be dragon warrior Shifu attempts to get rid of Poe by berating and ridiculing him into quitting his training with the Furious Five who similarly despise and mock Poe for his lack of respect and skill in Kung Fu after receiving helpful advice from Ugwe, however Poe endures his grueling training and slowly begins to endure himself to the five with his tenacity culinary skill and good humor by this time, Taylong escapes from prison as foreseen by Ugwe, who passes away after making Shifu the promise he would train Poe. Still unable to grasp the basics of Kung Fu, Poe despairs he has no chance of defeating Taylong until Shifu discovers that Poe is capable of impressive physical feats when, his, when he's motivated by food. And using the promise of a meal successfully trains Poe to incorporate these skills into a makeshift yet effective Kung Fu style. Meanwhile, the Furious Five set on their own stop to take lungs themselves only to return following their defeat. Shifu defies, decides Poe is ready to receive the Dragon Scroll, which, upon being opened, reveals nothing but a blank reflective, reflective surface. Thinking the scroll is useless, Shifu orders Poe and the five to evacuate the valley while he fights Tylung to delay him as long as possible. The dejected Poe meets with the father, Pink, who, in an attempt to console his sons, revealed that the long-withheld secret ingredient to his famous secret ingredient soup is nothing, saying that things become special if people believe them to be. Realizing this is the point of the dragon scroll, scroll Poe goes to confront Taylong on the nearly uh, after he nearly kills Shifu. Poe proves to be a formidable challenge for Taylong as he tries to protect the dragon scroll to lure the villain away from Shifu, but it eventually falls into Taylong's grasp. However, he is unable to understand or accept its symbolic meaning, and Poe ultimately defeats him using the secret Wusik finger hole. Poe is praised by the Valley of Peace and earns the respect of the Furious Five, who is full, who fully acknowledge him as a true king, as a true, as a true kung fu master. Just like Poe, society has tagged you and I to be failures. They have, and they have, they have tagged us to be losers. They have done everything humanly possible to hinder us in our tracks before we fulfill our God-given purpose and our reason for living. We have been rejected. We have been ostracized. We have been hoodwinked. We have been bamboozled. We have been left for dead. But for some strange reason, we have the tenacity to press forward despite the odds that are up against us. Many of us, just like Paul, we have grown up in a society, even we have grown up or even we live in a society now where people limit us and they put us in a certain box and tell us you have to stay in this box and be just what this box has designed for you to be. There's only so far you can go. There's only so high you can go. There's only so far that you can be able to reach. But beyond us being stuffed into this box, beyond us being set into these boundaries and these limits, we have, the, we have enough tenacity to press forward despite the odds that are against us. I got a question for you this morning, saints of God. What's stopping you from embracing who God says that you are? What's stopping you from embracing what God has already ordained, what God has already preordained, what God has already predestined for you to be in your life? Notice I said what has stopped you from embracing who God said that you are, not what man has said. 
but what has God said that you are because man will put limitations on you man will put boundaries on you man will try to put you in a box man will try to stop you because in some sense in life what we have to realize thanks to God that when we have greatness on our life when we have potential over our life when we have purpose over our life we began to intimidate other people because they have no purpose for their life they have no destiny on their life and we intimidate them when we walk out our God given potential and the first thing that they desire to do is to stop you because you make them look bad it's just like come on the saints of God it's just like being in the classroom at school you get tired of that same kid who's always raising his hands with the answer always trying to showboat no he's not trying to showboat they're not trying to showboat they're just exemplifying that they have taken heed to what the instructor have said and they're following and they're taking heed to everything that's been poured into them so I'm not going to stop raising my hand to give up the answer because you haven't read your stuff that you haven't done your homework but I'm going to be all that God has called me to be. What we have to realize, saints of God, is you must never allow the opinions of others to be the foundation of your life or for your reason for living. I just said a mouthful right there. You must never allow the opinions of others to be the foundation of your life or the reason why you live. People will push you. People will love you today and they will hate you two hours later. So you cannot base your life off of what people think about you. You cannot base your life off what people feel that you should do because what happens is, thanks to God, if you don't have confidence in Jesus Christ and you have low self-esteem, all you have to do is wait for the wrong joker to come your way and they will manipulate your mind they will play with your mind they will tell you things about yourself so that you can be able to fall in line with what they desire you to be but you have to make up in your mind saints of God what do I desire to be do I desire to be what God has called me to be or do I desire to be what man has called me to be somebody ought to made up their mind and just in these past few seconds that I'm making up my mind that I'm being that all that God would have me to be so what if you're intimidated by my gift? So what if you're intimidated by my calling? That's your problem. That's your fault. It's not mine. But I'm going to be all that God has called me to be. I'm going to live out every purpose. I'm going to live out the destiny that God has for my life. So I can't allow myself to allow people to put me in a box. I cannot allow myself to allow people to put me on a certain staircase where there's only so far I can reach. Because what happens in society now, we have that crab mentality. That we see somebody, they're striving. Oh, can I just take it home real quick? We definitely have this crab mentality upon the African-American race. Nobody want me to say that, but that's okay. Well, you see somebody, they're growing, they have goals, they have wishes, they have dreams, and they have purpose over their life. They have destiny over their life, and they're trying to reach for everything that they can get their hands on. Then it comes along somebody who's insecure about themselves. They're mad. I got to take this belt off. It's kind of hurting me. They're insecure with themselves. They're upset with themselves. They don't have confidence in themselves. And they see you doing something so great. And they see you striving because they're, they're trying to make up in their minds. How in the world can they make it? They, they're going through the same thing I'm going through. How in the world can that make it? They're a single parent um, just like I am. How in the world can that make it? They're getting financial aid just like I'm getting. How in the world can that make it? And they got three kids just like me. And they're working at a fast food restaurant just like me. How in the world can that make it? I lost all that I had, and we're in the same boat. How can they be able to make it? I know what they're bringing in a month. I, I know what they're bringing in a month financially, but how are they able to make it? And because they see you doing something that they cannot do themselves, they get it twisted, and they think that it's you that's doing it. They get it twisted, and they think that it's you that's doing it. But the Bible says that great is he that's in me, than he that's in the world. It's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives down on the inside of me. So when you see me lifting up my hands, when you see me going to the next devil, it's not because of me, but it's all because of the grace and the mercy of God. I should be dead. I should be jacked up. I should have kids. I should have all this stuff, but it's been God's hand upon my life. That has allowed me to be able to go where I need to go. To have what I have. 
It's been nobody but God that has had his hand on my life that has allowed me to achieve all that I have achieved because people get it messed up saints of God they get it twisted and they think listen they think that I gotta go against this person because they're making me look back no you don't have to go against me but listen let's match up let's hook up together and pray well first of all let's make sure you get prayer for a deliverance from the spirit first before we link up and pray And we can lift each other up and pray because the Bible says that God is no respect of a person. What he's done for one, he can do the same thing for you. Come on, tell your neighbor, there's a king inside of you. And if it's a woman, tell him there's a queen inside of you. David, a man after God's own heart, is found shepherding the sheep in the field. While his brothers prance around in front of Samuel to make a great impression for the position as king. The brothers thought that God was looking um, for a certain look for a king. And they very well may have had the look. They very well may have had the stature for a king. They could have had the walk like a king and all those different things. But God wasn't looking for an outward appearance for a king. But he was looking for someone with the right heart. He said, listen, I'm willing to take somebody. They can have, they can have some jacked up ways. They, can, uh, they may not be perfect, but I'm looking for somebody whose heart is right that even if they mess up, they know to come to me and ask me for, for forgiveness. He said, I'm looking for somebody that has the right heart. No one ever expected David to be king because of his, because of his current position and his Countenance. What does the Bible say? Look at verse. Uh, look at verse eleven. He said. Then he said to Jesse, saying, "You said to Jesse, are all your sons?" Said Jesse, said, "No, there is the there is yet the youngest. He is tender the sheep." Samuel said to Jesse, "Send for him, for we will not sit down to eat until he until he is here." See, people did not even expect David to become king because while his other brothers were sitting there trying to be impressive in front of Samuel and walking past him trying to be all smooth and stuff. Hey, Sam. I'm your man for the job, brother. Then you had the other brother. Hey, he had on his nice suit, three-piece suit, had his French cuffs on, had his square collar shirt that he just ordered that he got a convocation a couple of weeks ago. And he's sitting there and he said, listen, listen, Sam, I'm the man, brother. I'm the man. And Samuel said, no. And God has to remind Samuel, Samuel, don't you dare get caught up in looks. He said, don't go by what you see because you can't judge a book by its cover. Because a book can look good from the cover, but once you start reading, you realize that that book is not good. And so he tells him, he said, listen, no, no, no. He said, I rejected them. I rejected him. He said, but keep asking. Keep ask Jesse if he has any more sons. And so, listen, David was never expected already to be king because he was positioned out in the field. They were there with Samuel. David was the one that was out there tending the sheep. David was the one that was out there uh, uh, handling doing the work. David was the one that was out there doing what had to be done. They never, they never thought that David would be the one to be king because of his countenance. David did not look like a king. He didn't talk like a king. He didn't walk like a king. And he shouldn't have to smell like a king because he's been dealing with sheep. And so they already put these two things against David and said, listen, David can never, can never be king because of his position and because of his countenance. Oh, but what I love about God so much is that even though they said he couldn't do it, God had already made him a king. Oh, yeah, I catch that right there when you get home. God had already made him a king despite his location, despite his position, despite where he was. And God even made him a king even though he didn't look the part. He didn't smell the part. He didn't walk the part. He didn't have all the different outward appearance. But David had the right heart. Listen here, saints of God. Don't allow others to determine where you can go in life. Don't allow others to determine what you can have in life. Don't allow others to tell you who you are in this life. Because when you put your hands in the hands of man, you put your, you put your life in the hands of danger. 
You put your hands in the hand of the man so they can be able to make decisions for your life. People will pull you. What I'm, what I'm finding out, what I'm finding out, saints of God, folks don't really want a real person. What they desire is a puppet. Because with the puppet, I can pull you to go this way when I want you to go right. I can pull you to go left when I want you to go left. I can pull you to go back. I can stunt your growth. I can do whatever it is that I need you to do to fit my agenda and to fit my plan. Don't allow your hands to be in the hands of other individuals because everybody is only looking out for me. Everybody's only looking out for themselves. So they won't have, everybody doesn't have your best interest in mind. Listen, people come, the Bible tells us to be, the, uh, oh, 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 in Philippians, listen, Paul told them, he said, listen, be careful of the dogs. He said, listen, I'm not going to try to make it sound cute. He said, be careful of the dogs. He said, because they're coming and they're going to be, they're going to be walking and they're going to be wolves in sheep clothing. You're going to think they're one thing, but they're really spreading false False news. He says, so be careful. Don't associate yourselves uh, with these individuals. And what, uh, thank you, Holy Ghost, what you have to start doing this, saints of God, you have to make up in your mind and start saying, God, show me those individuals that are on your side. Uh, somebody thought I said something else. You have, we have to begin to start praying and ask God, God, show me those individuals that are on your side, not my side, because I'm going to mess up at times, but show me those that are on your side, because those that's not on your side, God, I'm going to have to kill them, I'm going to have to slew them, I'm going to have to let them go, because I cannot allow nothing to hinder the work that God desires to do in my life. And they already put David in the box. But what they failed to realize, saints, that David wasn't going to be in that field forever. What they failed to realize was that David wasn't going to be smelling like sheep forever. What they failed to realize is that David wasn't going to be shearing the sheep, wasn't going to be shearing the sheep forever. What they failed to realize is that David wasn't going to be smelling like poop forever. But what they failed to realize is that God had already made him a king. Don't allow people to put you in a box and say that you can't go somewhere because of where you've been. You can't have this. You can't have that because of your past. No, no, no. What they failed to realize, saints, is that where I am in life is only temporary. What I have in life is on the temporary. I'm not going to be living in a one-bedroom apartment forever. Uh, somebody want to go with me on that one. That's all right. I go by myself. My bank account is not going to always look the way that it's looking right now. Oh, did nobody want to go with me on that one? I'm not going to always drive what I'm driving right now. Listen, don't get it twisted. It's not about the material things. But because my trust and my faith is God, the Bible says that he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or wish. Somebody ought to give God praise right there. Yeah, yeah, come on, tell your neighbor. I'm not where I am right now. It's only temporary. I'm only in transition. I'm leaving one blessing, getting ready to go to another place. I'm leaving one dimension, getting ready to go to another dimension. I'm leaving one place and getting ready to go to a higher place. I'm leaving one place. Somebody ought to go with me right there. I'm leaving and I'm going to a place that I've never seen before. I'm leaving and going to a place I've never experienced before. God is taking me to higher heights. God is taking me to deeper depths. Come on, because shoot, be told if you only knew, if you only knew who you were sitting next to, you would start praising God on my behalf. If you only knew who you had in your, who you had right now in your presence, you'll start praising God right now. Listen, you better hook up with me right now because I'm about to blow up. I'm about to be something big. I'm not going to be small forever. So if you better praise God for me right now because there ain't no telling where I'm going to be in the next year. Come on, somebody. If you only knew, if you only knew. If you know, I know I've been through some stuff. I done been through hell and hot water. I done been through some stone stones. I done been through some life. But if you only knew what's God perfected on the inside, if you only knew what God's getting ready to do, if you only knew what God has shown me, you'll be praising God for me too. You'll be praising God on my behalf. Come on, stop that, your neighbor. You don't even know. Tell me you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know. You have no 
Out there. You don't even know. But what David, I believe with his sanctified imagination, he probably never thought that he would be king because of what everybody else had labeled him and tagged him to be. But I believe that as he was out there on that field, Mother Cap, I believe God was dealing with him about some stuff. I believe that God was showing David some things. God, God was showing David some things about his life and what was going to happen. And sometimes when you're in transition and you get ready to go from one place to another and the place that you're at, you're out there in the field and you hate it. You don't like it. You hate it. But every now and then, God has to remind you, listen, your labor is not being done in vain. He said, listen, he said, listen, if you continue to be faithful unto me every now and then, does God ever talk to somebody? Does God ever talk to you all like that? That he has to remind you that payday is coming soon. That he has to remind you that, listen, you should, you should reap if you faint not. Yeah, but God has to remind you, listen, don't, don't grow weary and well-doing, but you keep doing what you're doing because man may not appreciate you. Man may not see what you're doing, but oh, I see what you're doing and I'm going to pay you back for everything that you endured for everything that you went through I'm going to give it back to you but see while David was out there on the field I I really believe I'm crazy enough to believe that God was God was dealing with him about some stuff and God was sharing some things but was and God probably whispered in David's ear he probably told him listen here David I know you out here working but let me tell you a little secret you know the state that Israel is in, he said, but you're you going to be the next one. David probably there working, taking care of the sheep. God said that he probably, what? He said, oh, God, you know, you know them stubborn, hard-headed, rebellious Negroes. I'm not dealing with them. He said, nope. Uh-uh. He said, no, Lord, I'll pass. He said, no, 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 listen. He listen, everything that you've learned out here in the field, every lesson that I've taught you out here in the field, everything that you encounter out here in the field, you didn't just do it for nothing. But everything that you endured out here in the field, it was to help you in the next level that I'm taking you to. He said, because listen, you realize, David, you realize, you realize that there was no levels without me. You realize that there was no seasons without me. You realize that in everything that I desire to do in your life, you listen, you and I are perfect, David. I know you got flaws, David. I know you got issues, David, but your heart is right. I can do something with somebody whose heart is right, but I can't do nothing with somebody who is deliberately rebellious, who is stubborn, who is arrogant, who's on an ego trip and got their own agenda. He said, but I can do something with somebody whose heart is right and I can be able to shape and mold their heart. So everything that you've endured in the field has not been in vain. Everything that you've gone through in your life up until today has not been in vain. You have not gone through hell for fun. You have not experienced tornadoes for fun. But everything that you've went through in your life up until this day is all a part of the will of God for your life. It does not always seem fair. It doesn't always seem right. God has a way of fashioning and putting things together. They don't always make sense. But I'm a firm believer that the Bible says that his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. But in spite of, I trust God. Come on, y'all sit down. Y'all making me a little nervous. Y'all making me nervous. There was a meeting in heaven that met an already predestined and preordained for David for the position as king. Despite his personal flaws, there was the king on the inside. There was greatness on the inside. There was potential on the inside. There was destiny on the inside. There was anointing on the inside. There was a calling on the inside that God was molding and shaping for his glory. God uses some of the most craziest things in our lives, saints, to mold and to shape in order that he can be able to receive the glory out of them. 
Oh, sometimes when you pray and ask God, God, give me a greater glory. God, give me a greater anointing. When you ask God to do that, you set yourself up. But when you set yourself up, the outcome far, 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 far supersedes everything that you will have to endure in that time and in that season. I'm learning in life that oftentimes individuals won't be able to handle the real you. Some cannot accept the person that God is shaping and molding you to be. But they desire to keep you in the field. They desire to keep you in the field, keeping the sheep. Because this all wasn't, it wasn't, this, this all just, this wasn't just by chance as David was in the field, but it was all a part of God's will for his life. Come on, tell you, encourage your neighbor, tell them it was all a part of God's will for your life. All a part of God's will for your life. This was his pre-king days that God was preparing him for, for what was to come. Never ignore what God has you at now. Because there's something that you must receive now that is needed for the next place or the next dimension or the next level or the next season that God is getting ready to take you into. So never neglect people of God. Never ignore where God has you at right now. Because there's something that God is doing in you to prepare you for where he's going to take you. And if you fail to ignore what God is doing in this season, you will never get to the next season. You will never get to the next level because you won't humbly submit yourself under the mighty hand of God so that God can be able to do in your life what he desires to do. Some have taken it upon themselves and appointed themselves in the positions of self-appointed supervisors over your life. They allow you. They don't allow you to get too big. They won't allow you to go too far. Because this will interfere with their control over your the life over your life, causing a decrease in their ego. Self-appointed supervisors will only allow you to go so far and to achieve so much in life. Will you put your life in the hands of man? They will pull you like puppets, have you on strings, looking a fool. Because they would do everything that they can to protect <coughs> their self-esteem and their control over their life. David was overlooked by his brothers and his father because he was the least likely to be crowned a king, crowned as king. I believe because he was overlooked by his brothers, overlooked by his father. I, just with my sanctified imagination, I'm not adding them to the scriptures, but David probably dealt with a little bit of rejection. Had some rejection in his spirit because why is it, God, that all of my other brothers, they're being pranced around in front of Samuel. But God, when is it going to be my turn? When is my time going to come? God, I've been faithful. I've been loyal. I've been dedicated. I made some mistakes along the way, but God, I came back to you and asked, God, when is my time coming? When is my hour coming? And listen, just if David probably asked himself that, some of us are asking ourselves that right now in this season in our life. God, when is my time? When is my appointed time, Lord? Everybody else around me, God, they're getting called out. Everybody else around me, oh God, they're being blessed. But God, when is my time When is my time coming? But what I'm finding out, saints, it doesn't matter if your mother, if your father, if your wife, if your husband, if your boss, if your professor, if life, your boss has rejected you. Psalms 27.10 says this, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up as his own. It does not matter who has turned their backs on you. It does not matter what people have said. Listen, we have to pray and ask God to deliver us from the opinions of people. Because certain individuals care more about what other folks say than they do what the word of God says. 
You care more about what, what other people see you. Well, listen, I got I to gotta, I gotta do this way. I got to be this way because I, I don't want so-and-so to take me in this. Uh, 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 I don't want so-and-so to take me in this way. No, no, no. You be who God has called you to be because when you're trying to fashion yourself and make yourself to be something for somebody else, they have now gained control over your life. A control that they don't even deserve to have. Because they desire control to manipulate your greatness and to use your greatness for their gain. The devil isn't like nobody else is going to take credit for what God has done in my life. But you have to ask God to deliver you from the opinions of people. People will say whatever about you, whether you're doing right. Whether you're doing wrong, you can be walking the straight as narrow, the straight and narrow, as straight and as narrow as you can, but people will still, well, they walking too narrow, they walking too straight. What else am I supposed to do? I'm walking on the straight and narrow. You want me to walk crooked? But they will have a reason. And that's the one thing about people, you can't satisfy everybody. Folks is going to always have something to say, whether you make, whether you do this right, whether you do that right. But you have to become confident in who God has already made you to be. And that's the thing about greatness. Yes, God has destiny. Yes, God has purpose in your life. But you're the only one that can mess it up. You're the only one that can mess up the potential. You're the only one that can mess up the greatness in your life. But you say, well, Pastor, so-and-so did this. You allowed so-and-so to be in your life. They were in your life. And they, you allowed them to help you mess some stuff up. In your life. If anyone should have known, and I'm almost done, and recognized the calling that was on David's life, should have been his father. If anybody knew that David was going to be king, it should have been his daddy. If Jesse had known, it would have been no reason for his other, it would have been no reason for Eliab and Abinadab to be out there. But as soon as Samuel came, Jesse would have said, go get David. Because he's the one. Sometimes, saints, it's the closest individuals to us that it won't see the anointing that's on our lives. It's the closest individuals that surround us, that's in our circle, that won't see what God desires to do in our life. That's why we cannot wait for the accolades or the approval of man, but we must encourage ourselves in the Lord. Because when you wait on folks to tell you did a good job, you're going to be waiting for a long time. You're going to be waiting for a long time because everybody won't always say, but listen, sometimes I walk out of here, I think I don't preach the best message this side of heaven, or I walk out of here sometimes thinking that I don't preach the most worst thing ever this side of heaven. I said, well, God, the people, they ain't really give me no, no, uh, we didn't really get, they didn't really talk back to me this morning, Lord, did I really, did I really do a good job today? And God had to check me and say, listen, hold on, Chip, hold on, hold on, baby boy. Hold on, son. You have to talk to me like you're from New York. What's, what's up? Well, hold on, son. <laughs> Are you preaching for the approval of man? Or are you preaching because this is what I've called you to do? Because if I'm preaching for the approval of man, I might as well hang up the robe and go on home. But I'm, if I'm preaching... Because this is what God has called me to do. Paul already said, be ready in season, out of season. When the folks want to look at you crazy, you still preach. When they want to jump up and shout and run and buck, you still preach. He said, but you do what you do because I have anointed you and because I have called you to do what it is that you're doing. Don't wait for people to applaud you. Don't wait for folks to appreciate you. Don't wait for folks to uh, pat you on your back because some may never do it. And even though you have to watch out for those that do pat you on the back, the Bible says, be careful if, if all men speak well of you. Listen, somebody got to dislike you. Somebody got, because they, they dislike Jesus, somebody got to dislike you too. So beware if all men speak well of you. 
People will only applaud you or give you compliments when they're buttering you up to get something from you or to manipulate you. And that's why, saints of God, you have to have discernment. Tell your neighbor, say, discernment. You must have discernment. Listen, probably one of the greatest gifts, listen, uh, prophecy and all that stuff, one of the greatest things you can have is discernment. Because you can be able to see some stuff coming before it even fully manifests itself, and you can prepare yourself on how you can be able to react and to retaliate against those different spirits that's coming up. Because when you have the German, you can walk into a room and already size the room out. You can walk into a room, you can size a room out. You know, oh, they're not on God's side. I got I to gotta slew them out. They are on God's side. They gotta, I got I to gotta work with them, got to help them out. But we have to be able to have the German. Tell your neighbor again, say the German. You must have discernment. As a believer of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you must have discernment. Because discernment will get you far. In life, discernment will get you far in life. Finally, Jesse is asked if all of his sons are present. He sends for David, and the Lord tells Samuel, arise, anoint him. This is he. When it's your time, it's just your time. When it's your season, it's just your season. David knew that they, now this was David's. Uh, uh, this was David. Uh, this was his time. This was his season. This was his. Th this was the time that he was to be all that God had had him to be. Even while David was in the field, there was greatness over his life. Even while he was in the field dealing with the nasty sheep, there was a king. Inside of him. You may be in the field right now in your life. Field of heartache. Field of rejection. Field of low self-esteem. A field of you just felt like you got a bad hand dealt to you of, of life. But even with a field of disappointment. A field of discouragement, field of fear. But God says, even where you are right now in your life, there's a king in you. There's a queen inside of you. Doesn't matter what others have said that you some some folks have told you ain't gonna be nothing. You just gonna be like your daddy, you just gonna be like your mama. You ain't going to never amount to anything. You're going to be in stuck and you're going to be stuck in the projects for the rest of your life. You're going to be stuck in the apartment for the rest of your life. You ain't going to never get nobody. Don't nobody want you. Don't nobody need you. Told all of these lies from the enemy. They might have been on one side of your ear talking, but on the other side, God was saying, there's a king in you. I know what you've gone through. I know what you've experienced. But there's a king on the inside. There is greatness in your life. Doesn't matter what your past may have been. Doesn't matter what your present is right now. But what matters is your future. And where you're going in life. There's a king. There's a king. There's a king. There's a king. Come on, encourage your neighbor and tell them there's a king in you. There's a queen. There's a queen in you. Come on, tell them like you really mean it. Don't just be churchy and say it because I'm telling you to say it. But say it with some conviction and with some passion. There's a queen. There's a king inside of you. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be unsensitive to what you've gone through in life, but that does not matter. When there's greatness over your life, there's just greatness over your life. When you got a purpose over you, when you got purpose in your life, you just got purpose. And it does not matter. Does not matter. Can I tell y'all a little story before we go? Listen, ever since I was three years old, I knew I was going to preach the gospel. 
didn't even know what preaching was or trying to put a message together. All I knew was to say Jesus. That's it. <laughs> say Jesus and, and start dancing. That's all I knew what to do. <laughs> That's all he needs to start the church. Now to say Jesus. And I just knew it. I just knew it. You know, you all heard the story about Elder Robinson just played soft. You all know the story. When mother was pregnant with me, doctor, she told her to abort me and all the other stuff. And she wanted a child. And she told the Lord, she said, God, if you give me a child, she said, I'll give him back to you. So ever since three years old, I just knew that's all I ever wanted to do. I had the church in the basement and all those different things. Started preaching when I was 15. Served in different churches and all that other, and all that other stuff. And I just, I knew, I just knew, I knew, I knew it, I knew it. That this is what I was called to do. Other folks, other kids growing up, oh, I want to be a doctor, oh, I want to be a lawyer. I'm walking around in a suit and tell, I want to be a preacher. <laughs> Carrying a Bible that was almost bigger than I was. Now, when you're little, you think the bigger your Bible is, the more power you got, so. You know, I thought I had a lot of power because my Bible was big. I had on my dad's gold cross, big cross, too big for my neck. But I knew, I knew, I knew it. When you know what your reason for living is, when you know why you have been placed here on this earth, despite all the different things that goes on in life and what goes on in the world, because I know why I'm here, I have a reason for living. And I know that while I'm here, I cannot die until everything that God has told me that I will be, that I live it out in my life. Listen, I don't care what the enemy has told you. I don't care what lies he has told you, what people have lied and told you. It does not matter. But what matters is what God says about you. What matters is what God thinks about you. And if there's anybody here in this room right now, I just want to pray with you. If you know that you have purpose over your life, if you know that you have greatness in your life, I want you to meet me at this altar. I want you to meet me at this altar. I want you to meet me at this altar. Young, old, whatever, I don't care. But I want you to meet me at this altar. Come on, join hands with your neighbor.